with you. My name's Colin. I'm Artemis. And I'm Maggie. And this is published and produced by the York Review. So today I thought we'd talk a little bit about our own experiences and designs for world creation and how we go about that. Because for a lot of people, they want to write that novel, but it's those initial steps of building the world before they, you can even dig into the actual characters and plot you have developed. And world creation isn't necessarily just about creating a novel. Colin will tell you world creation can be heavily involved in D&D. As Maggie can tell you and I can tell you, and script and playwriting, world creation is a very big thing. It's actually really important for you to get through those really big details about what's going on in the background for your characters, even if you don't necessarily have the characters themselves. Absolutely, because for your character situation to be believable, it has to be going on in a background and interacting with the background that is also interesting and makes sense and that the readers can follow and enjoy. And for me, like Artemis said, uh, my background with world creation is largely D&D and sort of tabletop gaming heavy. For me, my process, the like steps I go through, is first I create the physical world, the continent, the map, the landscape, waterfalls, rivers, mountains, natural things. And then from there I go into civilizations. I take it, I let the natural landscape dictate where certain civilizations are gonna be, what their focus is gonna be. Um, for instance, I put in a big mountainous region there's going to be a lot of small civilizations in that mountain range because, you know, mountains, if there's anything we learned from Greece, it's that mountains make it difficult for people to come together. And then from the civilizations I consider, because it's d and I might look at like physics, magic, how's all that going to interact with these civilizations? And then I look at like the bad guys, the monsters, the dragons, those sort of like things that don't fit in the civilization, but are key to my story. I develop and implant them in my landscape. And then lastly, I consider where my narrative is going to begin. So Artemis, when do you create a world and how do you go about doing that? I do a lot of short stories and even long stories too, like novels and stuff. Not a lot. <laughs> like sitting in my room typewriting Stephen all the time. Yeah. But um, whenever I do, so I always start out very similar to you actually. A lot of times what I write is, is fiction or science fiction. So what I have to decide is, is it going to be on our Earth or is this like a separate Earth? So if it's on our Earth, is it in America? Is our Earth different? Is it like post-apocalyptic? Is it like, you know, steampunk? I start to work that out. And once I get those details, I try to figure out like where it is. I had this really interesting idea for a story about a character who had like, I don't know, telekinetic powers. Like, let's just say that. So my first thought was, I want this to be set in reality because I think that reality and not necessarily supernatural, but more like evolutionary powers kind of go well together. So then I think about it, I think, okay, well, if this is going to happen in reality, we're the best place for it to happen be. And I always think like America's probably the best place for it to be because like if it were in Iraq or something, that might be weird. Like not weird, like because it's Iraq, but like what would be different about like a person maybe in Iraq who has these powers that can be used for good or evil kind of thing. And since I don't know a lot about Iraq and their government and like their educational system and stuff like that. So I think, okay, well, you know, maybe it's more like an American story or like a Canadian story. Um, and I think, okay, well, where would this kind of develop in America? And I think, okay, well, probably a small town on the outskirts of something. You know, we're not talking about New York City. We're talking about, like, you know, Maine or Montana or something. And then I try to figure out, like, specifically what's going into this. So, like, if I'm talking about this being, like, an evolutionary kind of thing, 
does that mean that I'm not including religion at all? Does that mean that there is religion in it? Does that, and then if religion's included, how does religion interact with the characters? Is it just like how religion interacts with us now? So people get to choose and pick what the religion is. Is there like an overwhelming like mass religion that people have to follow? And so like the idea of somebody being different or outside of this religion could be like deadly or whatever. I think that's like the next step. I think because in reality, religion plays like a huge role in, in people's lives and, and what people do. And then I try to decide if I don't necessarily have the character, I want to decide where is this going to take place so I can figure out like who this character is going to be. If it happens in a school, is this character going to be a child or are they going to be a teacher? If it happens in like an office space, then maybe they're older. Um, you know, if it's in a nursing home, then maybe they're like really old. And then I think that also will determine then like their kind of place in life. Are they in college? Do they go to like a nice high school or middle school? Are they like in the suburbs and so they're homeschooled? Do they go to like a really crappy inner city school or something like that? And then that might determine the emotional range of the character. Like, if they go to a really crappy inner city school, maybe they are, like, angry. If they are in, like, a really nice suburban area, maybe they're not so angry because they kind of have a nice life or something like that. What about you, Maggie? Um, well, I think I'm kind of, like, the outlier here because I don't think I've ever really delved into world creation. Whoa! That's um, crazy. Really? Yeah, almost every story that I've ever written has been based in reality and based in our world somehow. I think, like, one time in middle school, I wrote, like, a Harry Potter fan fiction. And, like, that was, like, the closest I did to, like, world creation because yeah. I kind of, like, took what J.K. Rowling did and kind of expanded it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I've never, I've never done anything like that. And so what I do when making a story is I pay close attention to the characters because I'm a huge believer that characters make the story and if the characters are good it doesn't matter what the story is about people are going to want to read it and people are going to connect to it okay so when you say like defining and designing this landscape for me that landscape is the characters i get that mm -hmm. yeah and that's definitely two different focuses here i totally see where you guys are coming from and i think two really important things came up here first artemis like kind of how we're all restricted by our own upbringing right like it's difficult to write a superhero novel happening in iraq because we're like americans over here in the united states so it's hard to see how a culture would reflect to that right um and also you, you both brought up sort of because you guys are writing novels or like short stories it's really important for you guys to like hone in on those characters like maggie said and i think for our listeners who are looking to write their short stories or novels, that they hone in on those characters a lot more than my process was. Because in, like, tabletop gaming, Dungeons & Dragons, I can be a little more laxed on that. If I understand the political system of a town, the players can walk around and I can improv, like, oh, the peasants are going to be, like, upset at this guy, right? So I can project that simply on those people. Mm -hmm. So so what makes, a, like, a good character then Maggie if they are their most important aspect of the world what sort of like drives them what I love to do as far as like making a character mm -hmm. is I love to figure out three main things of the character one would be what are they trying to get out of life it doesn't necessarily have to be what are they trying to get out of the plot but what are they trying to get out of life mm -hmm. because I was taught 
that every action a character takes should be an action that leads them closer to their goal. Mm -hmm. And if an action doesn't lead them closer to the goal, then it's unnecessary and it can be taken out. And then the other two things that I look at are what are their strengths and then what are their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to play into their weaknesses and not just have weaknesses where like, oh, they care too much about their friends or like kind of like cop-outs like that. Yeah. Weaknesses like genuine weaknesses like maybe they lie too much or maybe they're a kleptomaniac you know i think having the strengths and weaknesses together and deciding them at the forefront really helps you decide what kind of character this is going to be so i totally understand your focus on character how do you guys feel about like the world you're writing in or have created like its influence on that do you think like a better prepared world can help bring forth and make those weaknesses, those strengths, those sort of like driving factors of a character more important or more interesting? They do. I think if you think of major novels that you've probably read, so like if you think about uh, Lord of the Rings and you think about all of the background that went into that book, and there's so much of it because the whole book is just this super long journey where they're going through so many different towns and regions and there are so many different people that they interact with and if you take something even more modern like harry potter although i mean one of the biggest we had this whole big conversation one of the biggest conversations that we that we found that a lot of people were getting at is that the characters were the problem in those books the world itself is amazing it's super massive it's super well done it's the world has been done so well that even if you take harry potter and those major characters out, you can still have some of the minor characters and add new characters and keep it going. And people do that with, like, fan fiction and stuff. Right. right? Yeah. And you see the same thing if you think about, like, Lord of the Rings, and you can take out Frodo, and you can take out Gandalf and Aragorn and some of these other characters, and then still have some of these smaller characters going off and doing other things in this massive world mm -hmm. that just make it still great so and that's not to belittle maggie's idea that like the characters are super important because they are i mean obviously like you're going to read a story for the character you're not going to read a story for the background mm -hmm. but i think like if the world itself isn't like super well crafted or isn't like super well put together mm -hmm. you're going to have a harder time connecting it with that character and then you're going to have a harder time reading through it because it's kind of like they kind of both have to mesh together. I agree, absolutely. And even when you look at, like, realistic worlds, like, let's look at To Kill a Mockingbird. That story is a lot less impactful if it's happening in Ontario, Canada. Mm. Or, like, even, like, maybe Maine in the United States, right? So even in a very realistic world, where it's happening, that setting, and I, I think although we're calling it realistic, it's still a fictional world. Right. Even though there's lawyers and cars and big buildings, um, it's still constructed by you, right. even if it's mainly constructed based off your perception of the real world, right? So I still think even in realistic stories, uh, with realistic settings, that world that all this is happening in is very impactful with the characters. I, and again, I'm not, I agree, Maggie, I think it's that relationship between good characters and a good world that really drive a story, right? Yeah. Because if a character, like you really expressed the importance of a character to have drive, to want to get somewhere, and that largely comes from the world they're, they're brought up in. It kind of goes back to what you were saying about civilization. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like how, for me at least, how those characters interact with one another. Mm -hmm. 
So like, yeah. even though I'm for most of my stories, I'm using modern day society as my background. I'm still creating these types of societies within it. Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of creating these civilizations and groups of people that have their own ways of thinking, their own ideologies, their mm-hmm. own structure, their own government. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I am kind of creating a fictional world within our own reality. Right. And a way that I like to think about that is, like, if you think about the really popular, like, the Marvel Universe or the DC Universe. Mm-hmm. So specifically the Marvel Universe, it takes place in our world. So, like, Spider-Man's in New York. And the X-Men are in upstate New York, and then, like, apparently Venom is now in California or something. But, like, it takes place here. But obviously it doesn't take place here. Like, if you go to New York right now, there's not, like, remnants of an alien spaceship, like... The tower for the the Avengers isn't there. Like spider webs hanging between buildings. Right. I've always wondered that. Like, wouldn't he leave cobwebs everywhere? That's what I thought too. Like, right? like what's going on there? I mean, even if you think about like the DC universe, so that universe takes place in a completely separate universe. It still happens on our Earth. It still happens in our America. But there is no metropolis. There is no Gotham. There is no like central city or whatever. Which I also thought was really interesting when I mentioned that comment about like the Iraq hero yeah. character. Yeah. So there's a Superman comic called The Red Sun, and it takes place in Russia, and it's about Superman if he had landed in Russia as opposed to landing here in America. Interesting. See, that's that interests me so much. I'm so interested in just the way different worlds or settings mm-hmm. can mold characters and how that's different. It all started, I read, a um, little out there, um, I read a collection of flash fiction and short stories from Edgar Caret, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. He's an Iranian writer um, who's really good at like flash fiction short stories. And it was just so interesting to like get to experience a lot of... He, he writes in an American-ish kind of way. Mm. And it was interesting to experience our sort of American typical stories through Iranian culture. Yeah. Um, just sort of like the way gender and like race play out. It was just like different. It was so refreshing to read something from another culture, from not another world, but that's how it almost feels mm-hmm. because I'm so removed from it. Right. Like Persephone, I think is what it's called. It's a really, it's another one. Uh, it was a comic and they also made it into a movie. And it was a, I think it's a French comic, but it's about an Iranian girl and how she's traversing from going from living this like sort of free life as an Iranian woman to having to like wear the burqa Mm -hmm. and everything else that uh, is required of them by like religion. And then like her journey to like living with other people in France and like in other areas and having to reconcile like her religion and like her family and like what she wants to do with her life and stuff. It's really interesting. I think it's always really great to try and look at civilization or something, not civilization, just life in general through somebody else's eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, here in America, we get a lot of, this is what happens in America, and, uh, America, and this is what happens to blacks in America, and this is what happens to people who are disabled in America, or people who have, like, mental illness in America. But you don't really get a lot of, this is what happens to people in England, or this is what happens to people in Germany, you know, which is kind of interesting. Like, how do German students go through school? What about Iranian students? What about Japanese students? What about African students? There's this one picture that I, I love. It's really great. It's a picture of the, the Great Pyramid. And if you look at it from one angle, you see this, like, classic Great Pyramid, sand, miles long, whatever. That's what you normally see. Mm-hmm. So you think of Egypt. You think of, like, this big sandy place ancient pyramids but if you like just turn the camera angle just a little bit behind that is a modern civilization 
Really? Yeah, like just a, a mod, like a city, modern people with cars and stuff. You're not talking about like people going down the boat or like going down the river on like a, a basket or something. Nobody's like weaving anything. Like no, it's like a real city with like, and a modern city with cars and smog and you know mm-hmm. people living in apartments and stuff but you don't see that like you, you only see that like one angle that everyone wants you to see of that like sandy dusty old timey egypt and that yeah. great pyramid yeah. so yeah i'll um, pull up the picture for you one more time yeah i think that there is like a push now to experience other cultures in mm-hmm. writing and i think that's very important i think the next step would be going farther and looking at like you said like a student in egypt how do they experience high school romance you'd imagine it'd be the same but it, like it's not like the way culture shapes people shapes fictional characters it, it's a very real thing and it's something a lot of people i think don't think about because we're very american centric mm-hmm. in our in our literature here you know like high school students aren't reading stuff from the east Right. Typically, right. I'm sorry you're saying. Oh, no, I was going to say, um, when I was taking a, f- I think it was film history, we, uh, Dr. Only showed this movie called Mustang, and it was a Turkish-French movie, and it, it kind of really blew me away because it was about these five young girls who were, um, they were in Turkey, and they were just finishing, like, their semester at school, and they were going over the summer. And so they all went to this beach, and they were playing, and they were playing with a bunch of guys, and they... They kind of took off their clothing, but they weren't, like, naked. I mean, they were still respectful. Like, they had clothes on, but they, I mean, they weren't just wearing, like, bundles. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they were playing in the water and in the beach and everything, and one of their neighbors saw them and went and told their grandmother and just, I mean, she's, like, old school. So I don't say she lied, but she, like, over-exaggerated. Yeah. And the grandmother told the uncle when they came in, and they just freaked out at these, these young girls. I mean, they're very young. And they were basically, like, you know, if, if you've ruined yourself by you know being with these boys then you're useless because that's kind of how they see them in this traditional sense of like Mm -hmm. you have to marry yourself off and and become a wife and that's how you you become worthy of something and that's how you move up a lot of times like in the social hierarchies right like you marry up yeah yeah and so i mean they instantly took these girls to this hospital and they had them checked to make sure that they were still intact Jesus, that's crazy. I'm, and we're talking about, like, young women, too. We're not talking about, like, adults still. I mean, and then they, like, barred them in the house after this. So, like, you can't go out anymore. And they were just training them to be wives. Like, mm-hmm. literally, that's all that they did. They learned how to cook and clean and sew. And they were told that they couldn't wear, like, form-fitting clothes. So they just wore, like, these mm-hmm. sack kind of clothing and mm-hmm. stuff. And they were just one by one kind of being sold off to these these guys and these families not like sold off but married off to these yeah. families because that's I mean that's what their culture is yeah and I mean there's a lot of like more to it and there's some surprise twists and some actually really bad stuff that happens to some of these girls and it's it's a great movie if you ever get a chance to watch it it's called Mustang it's subtitled but it's it's a real eye-opening experience from like a feminist perspective because it's happening to these, these girls yeah. this is how they're being yeah. treated and I think it's just really eye-opening from just, like, a general perspective. Like, you here in America, like, it doesn't happen. We yeah. really don't hear about this happening a lot. But then, you know, other places, arranged marriages is just, like, a way of life. Yeah. And I think one thing that reading texts from other cultures help you realize is your own culture, right? I, I think some people might kind of disagree that that doesn't happen in the United States. It's just we're not as forceful with it like, like we also i think pressure women to maintain their modesty or whatever and marry up like I, I think there's that pressure there and i think a lot of times you have to escape your own culture 
and look at it from another angle before you see things like that. I kind of had the same experience. I know I talked about this before on the podcast, um, this Korean novel by Han Kang. Um, <laughs> this novel keeps coming up. I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> like, I need to go find this novel because it's, really it's good. Like, amazing, apparently. It's, it's really good. I love it. I love it. And, and it deals with mental illness. And in American literature, a lot of times the story starts and it's a bunch of people ragging on this person with like a mental illness. And then at the end, there's like a reveal where it's like, hey, they still have something to offer and everything, right? Mm. This Korean novel was a little hard for me because they're a little different. At least this novel was different. And, and my buddy was Korean. He kind of reassured me that this is how it is in a lot of cases. It was completely the opposite. The whole book, they were trying to convince everyone that this woman with the mental illness was fine. And then at the end, they all just gave up on her. And they were like, oh, nope, she's like mentally sick. I don't really want to get into your thoughts about like socially about Mustang or the vegetarian, but I, I just want our listeners to consider how other cultures, the differences there can shape perceptions and characters drive. I was going to bring up um, the Lunar Chronicles, and it's basically in Earth, but thousands of years in the future, and they're all... All four of the books are based loosely on fairy tales. And so it's set in this civilization called New Beijing. And it's very interesting because it has elements of Chinese and Asian culture, but it also has elements of American culture and popular culture. And it's really interesting to see these two kind of different yet similar cultures combine to create this new civilization. And I think that is really well done by the author. And I think one thing, we say world creation and we think, oh, like trees and mountains and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But it's really about like sort of cultures and like economic and political systems that work with characters, right? I think, right. I think we had a good um, conversation about that here. Any other last thoughts, guys? Um, I just think, you know, if you're going to do anything creative, whether it's write a story or start a D&D campaign or make a poem or something. Just really sit down and just put into words what's coming to your head. I think that's probably the best thing you can do. Even if you start with characters, you start with the world, maybe you start with, you know, the monkey on the side, whatever. I don't care. Like, But the best thing to do is to sit down and write it down because it's always going to be beautiful in your mind. It's always going to be like the most wonderful thing. And then you're going to Work it all out in your head, and as soon as you go to put it down on paper, you're going to forget it. So even if you're just, like, writing down little strings of thought here or there, like, carry a notebook with you or something, and then just get it out. I agree. And I think it's important that you get it all out. Um, yeah. Because a lot of times, I think, especially when we're looking at the world, people make assumptions, right? They're like, yeah, of course, this, like, in my head, it's going down in Alabama. That's where I'm from. It's Alabama, right? But if you don't write that down and really personify that, that's mm -hmm. something your readers might miss. Right. And that's something in a lot of my writing, I just kind of make assumptions and I don't write it down or make things clear. And then my readers are like, they're not getting what's so important and driving the plot, mm -hmm. you know, and that's obviously a miss. Definitely. I think a setting by itself can tell a story in the way that the setting has everything to do with how the story transpires, how characters are going to interact. Like Colin was saying, once he figures out the civilization, 
and the township and everything, he can kind of improv how the characters are going to act mm -hmm. from one another. Once you have that setting, that's where everything gets based off of. Like, for instance, they're in Alabama. How are they going to speak? How are they going to act to people? How are they going to interact with people? Absolutely. Yeah, and going off of that, say it's in Alabama and it's in a city called Castle Rock. Well, why is it called Castle Rock? Is it because there's a castle there? Is it because there's a lot of rocks? I mean, you can go off of that. So let's say there's like a penitentiary there, and the penitentiary is called Castle Rock because it's a stone fortress. But that was originally maybe like a castle someone built way back in the day. So now you have like a setting and you have a place within that setting. Now you can think about like the people who live there. Now they live next to like a freaking prison. Like how is that going to affect them? Do they like living next to murderers and rapists and stuff? Do they want this place shut down? Like is your character maybe in the prison? Right. You know. Maybe a lot of people live outside it because that's the only job around. Yeah. Right, it's mountainy, you know, so they they can't they don't have that many farmers or anything, right? So a lot of people get their money from like the working at this prison, mm -hmm. right? And what does that mean then for the people in the prison who have a big say over the economy around? So you can see how the world and the people in it right. are constantly it's like a pendulum swinging back and forth affecting each other. Thank you guys. I think that was a great discussion on world creation and characters and how they influence each other. Thank you for listening. This has been Maggie, Artemis, and Colin on The Peer Review. Ooh, Have a good... Signing out. Yeah. And we're done.